never say die! Going on 14. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 40 Going On 14, episode 145. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and I'll form the head. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about I'll, Voltron. I'll take the head. <laughs> oh, God. Makes sense. Should, should clarify that we're talking about Voltron. Yes, we definitely are talking about no, Voltron. We're not. <laughs> Very quickly. Me, but I'm not. And his strangely full lips for a robot. That was. Wow. Give the head. Dinotherms are connected. What did Josh just say? Nothing. <laughs> All right. So I heard him. Yeah, welcome to episode 145. We are talking about Voltron, seeing the release of. Voltron Legendary Warrior on Netflix just happened Defender. last Defender. Joel is the uh, resident, got a boner for Voltron guy in this group, so feel free to, uh, well, we're just going to mess with him all night, pretty much. He's That's the throbbing pink lion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's just point out, Mike made the suggestion for this show. <laughs> throbbing pink lion's got a bulge halfway down. The throbbing pink lion. That's good. That's awesome. So, red rockets are go. Hey, so uh, <laughs> if you're looking for some red rockets, I bet you could find them at the podcast collective. Yikes! That May- was worse than one of my awkward transitions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just went with the last word I heard. <laughs> Check out the podcast collective with such shows as the Bad Parenting Podcast, On the Block, No Hope for Humanity, The Coffin Joe Cast, Joel's Own The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. Our show, Dating Baggage, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, I Am Salt Lake, Mint in Boxcast, and Tales from the Hard Side. Yeah, and if you are uh, out hosing down the dog on noon on Saturdays, you can listen to Geek Life Radio, where we will be playing uh, at 12. You can also find our older stuff on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And if you want to talk to us, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And, of course, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at 40go14 or shoot us an email over at 40go14 at gmail.com. Right. Pew, pew. And, uh, you know, what? It, it, we have actually no listener feedback today. No, no. No feedback whatsoever. So that means it is about that time. Indeed. This week in music, movies, and TV. All right, so we're going with September 10th, 1984. That was the release of the American version of Voltron. I just turned 10 years old seven days before this. I thought you were going to say right before the Twee, which is why you said the sports like that. <laughs> that was, yes. It's a reverse <laughs> puberty. <laughs> Rare case. He's Benjamin buttoning us. Okay, so music. <laughs> What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner is the number one song in the land for three weeks, but then is knocked off by John Waits' Missing You on September 22nd. Oh, that song is perfect for proms and homecomings. Which one, Missing You? Yeah. I was yeah. going to say the other one might be a little... <laughs> I Actually, I don't like all of Tina Turner's songs, but What's Love Got to Do With It is pretty good. I like yeah. that and uh, We Don't Need Another Hero. Yep, I'm uh, with you. So that's a great uh, cover of uh, Rolling on the River. No, oh, no, no. See, there's where you cross the line, man. No, oh. she didn't. 
Yeah, I'm I'm actually with Pat on the third one. I, I am I'm not a fan of her proud Mary. Yeah. Oh right. Damn. No it. matter what my friends say. So uh, also this week. Yeah, it was a missing you joke. I heard it. Yeah. Uh, country singer Barbara Mann. A lot of missing you jokes. I'm just you know I hate to interrupt you, but I just wanted to point out that's a John Waits missing you joke because not because they're rare. They don't and, exist in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. And now we know why. So, uh, Barbara Mandrell suffers serious industry industries, <laughs> <laughs> serious industries, uh, injuries in a uh, head-on automobile collision on a Tennessee highway. Yikes! Yeah, she was actually listening to John Waits "Missing You" when it happened, and she wrote a whole album all about it. That's not true. Yep. Actually, I think she did. It might be true. She at least wrote a song about it. I know that. Yeah. When I hear it, it wasn't quite as exciting as uh, "Kickstart My Heart," but <laughs> she called writing credits. <laughs> she called him for hints. Barbara Mandrell, Nikki Six. So uh, I was joking, riffing on your industries thing, but she sort of did suffer steel there. Ooh. Uh. All right. So movies this week sees the release of the acronym of the week. T-B-F-A-P on September 7th. That big floppy-ass penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh. T-B-F-A-P. Wait, is the, is, is the dash between floppy and ass or ass and penis? <laughs> well, wouldn't you like to know? I would. <laughs> oh, where, where the dash is depends on how floppy it is. <laughs> this has gone to a weird, weird place. <laughs> Oh, Look at this. My floppy ass penis has gone to a floppy ass penis. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that is not what that is, though. I'm not saying that movie sure? is not. I'm sure? not saying that movie doesn't exist. I'm just saying it's not the one we're talking about. That's what I released in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no, that is actually the brother from another planet, which is a story about a mute alien with psychokinetic powers coming off of Ellis Island while being hunted down by other aliens. I've actually seen this movie. Isn't John Leguizamo on that? No. Oh. No. But uh, the good news, 1984 did have some great film debuts. Uh, Val Kilmer in Top Secret came out this year. Uh, Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street. And Jean-Claude Van Damme in Breakin'. True story. Yep. Really? Yeah, he was an extra in Breakin'. Huh. Yep. He was, you can tell me, they call him in the credits, he's Splits Dude. Well, he's always been able to dance, as evidenced in his little dance scene in Bloodsport. You can, he's very obvious in the film, too, if you know where to find him. Yeah, he's. Like if you're looking for him. In Break It, not Bloodsport, because he's definitely right. obvious in Bloodsport. Oh, yeah. I didn't, he was in Bloodsport? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was the guy who does he the dance. A, he was an Oh, extra. he was Splits Dude, that's right. Splits yeah. Dude. Splits Dude in. <laughs> so. But uh, TV this week sees the end of such classic shows as Rubik, the Amazing Cube. I watched that. It's a it's a cartoon about a living Rubik's cube that is voiced by Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter. There's a, a Rubik, the Amazing Cube. They used to have just before the new Saturday morning cartoons came out this primetime show with a preview, and I remember the one from. August of 1984, 
No, no, it wasn't because this was the end. So it would have been like two years earlier. It would have been August of 1982 where they debuted Rubik's Cube for the first time. And I just was it like blew my mind. I was so excited for that show. And I don't know why. That the Rubik's Cube could talk? That's what blew your mind? Well, it's not that the Rubik's Cube talked. They put like a they put like the face of an old Jewish man on the front of it. A little, little blue alien face. And it yeah. was like Rubik the uh, alien it was kind of a dumb concept for a show, but we'll get back to that. So they, they had run. Imagine, imagine if E.T. was done with a Rubik's Cube instead of E.T. Ron Palillo, yes. Yeah, they had Ron Palillo instead of because Gilbert Gottfried wasn't around yet. Or what, well, what? Jackie Mason was busy. <laughs> what, do you want to you fold my corners? You want to turn me? You want to make all the colors the same? Um, that was actually, actually a really good Jackie Mason. I'm impressed. They, they had a whole block. I want to hear Jackie Mason talk to L. <laughs> they had a <laughs> hell what are we doing on this planet hey there jackie i don't know <laughs> anyway they had a whole block of atari cartoons they had pole position yeah. they had rubik the amazing cube hubert uh super mario brothers i mean they had pole position was terrible but they had so a whole were hubert and rubik enemies no because like no. rubik like like took the rubik's cube and splayed it out like a bear rug you guys are killing me why? Mario was not Atari, he was Nintendo, and Rubik's Cube wasn't even a video game. Well, they had like a whole oh. sh- shut up block of cartoons. <laughs> and all right, so all anyway, another toy. terrible. I mean, there was the stat- Saturday morning Starcade, but it didn't have anything to do with Rubik's Cube yeah. or uh, Super Mario Bros. That had the uh, um, master, the, the dude in the red jacket with the light, light blaster. It's been a long don't, day. Don't bother me with your facts, Josh. <laughs> Shut up. Space Ace was awesome. Oh, yeah. Space Ace was good. We're going to talk about Tina Turner. You know what else wasn't good? Jennifer Slept Here. It's another show that got canceled this week. Uh, It is a lighthearted comedy about a family living with the ghost of a 1960s actress that was killed when an ice cream truck backed over her and who can only be seen by their teenage son. For some reason, this only lasted a season and a half, 12 episodes. I'm surprised it lasted that long. Well, I mean, keep in mind my mother, the car, and the flying nun were considered acceptable <clears throat> premises for comedies. Before That's true. This. That's true. As was my Cat, mother, the but... car was genius. I don't <laughs> care what you say. Got <laughs> a dead boy. And uh, September 10th, 1984, was when the daily syndicated version of Jeopardy debuted. We got your dep- uh, your uh, Jeopardy 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 Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Uh, get your Jeopardy uh, fix on a daily basis after that. I fucking love Jeopardy. It's one of my favorite television shows. Yeah, I've tried to get on it so many times. Yeah, getting, I, uh, <laughs> getting I on the show is just... harder than being on the show. That's a good show. <laughs> Thank what you, you've never been on the show, Bert? I've been on it several times. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's go go now. What do you say, Alec? Can we be on your show? Can I get no for a hundred? I was going to say, if you pull out an Alec Trebek impersonation right here, I was going to be very Ooh, impressed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Canadian accent. That was good. Yeah. So uh, in sports, uh, I'm assuming this is a sport. Joe Kittinger, a former Air Force pilot and human flight record breaker, traveled by helium balloon across the Atlantic Ocean from, from September 14th to 18th in 1984. I'll allow it. He crossed the Atlantic in a balloon in four yeah. days. That, that seems cra- like a sport. Yeah. It's sporting at the very least. Yeah. Makes so. more sense than cricket. 
Oh, speaking of speaking, of, speaking of cricket, Jack Eichen, cricketer, England opener, 1946-1955, dies on September 15th. He played 18 tests from 1946 to 1955, a calm, popular left-hander who also bowled leg spin. Another friggin' phrase that I have no <laughs> goddamn idea what it means. wonder how many maidens you got. See? That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Where's the asterisks? Well, Iken played most of his cricket for Lancashire. Nikki, where are you? <laughs> he bowled a leg spin need- with the with the maidens, and he. <laughs> I don't. I honestly, God, think this is like a, I, a I global can, joke. Can, I don't think you can get a maiden if you bowl leg spin. I dare I anyone know. to prove After us wrong. After eighteen tests, you would think so. Well, I mean, that's enough. If you pass all of them, then probably you can. Right? Is that Iowa standardizing? What are we talking about? Holy crap, I looked it up and I still have no idea what it means. <laughs> a maiden is a delivery bold without any roar sc- scored off it, so called because it is recorded in the scorebook with a single dot, normally the scoring of a thousand runs and the taking of a hundred wickets in the same season. You know what they say about that? You know what they say about that? When when it happens? We're on fire. <laughs> I think we're just gonna say that the maiden is in another castle. I don't know. Uh, oh God, that's the that's the tweet for you right there. Da, so da, 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 da. maybe if I knew what delivery was. Uh, well, right. it's when someone I brings know what something to your house. Is. A bold what leg. Spin? If you, what, what does it mean if you bold leg spin? I don't know. I choose to believe it's like when a shot putter or a hammer toss spins around on one leg. And then releases the ball at the wicket. All right, here we go. Wait, leg spin, Wikipedia definition. Leg spin is a type of spin bowling in the sport of cricket. A leg spinner bowls right arm with a wrist spin action, causing the ball to spin from right to left in the cricket pitch at the point of delivery. So it's like a curveball? Yeah, no, I I would say it's more like a, a, probably a, a, a junk ball. Or uh, like it, a screwball, you know, it, something that's a lot it, more rare. It, it basically, Pat, what, whatever would break left right before it gets to the batter. Pat oh, that's more of a curveball then, yeah. Yeah. So, and they usually go anywhere between 45 to 55 miles an hour and have been known to top 60 miles an hour. Now, that doesn't seem fast to us because we have people pitching 95 miles an hour with a baseball, but cricket balls are a little bit heavier and a little bit I think it's denser, a shorter distance, isn't it? Yeah. Between the, the, the pitcher and the I don't know. Sticky I, don't, I don't know how long the pitch is. Huh. I got nothing. I, I have nothing it's 90, to it's add. 92, it's 92 and three quarters feet, I think, in baseball. Oh, I'm just going to go with that because there's no way you pulled that number out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> the dog agrees. Yeah. So we're good. All right. So Voltron did not play cricket. No. Probably. That we, we know of. Yeah. We have not. Maybe he did in the original Japanese Beast King Go Lion, but. Yeah. He was no. the Maiden King if he did. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no. So, initially, Voltron was produced as a joint venture between World Events Productions and Toy Animation. Toy actually is, I think, part of the company that does such games as, uh, like, Nobunaga's Ambition? Yep. So. That's correct. And when they say joint venture, what they mean is the guys at World Events Production smoked a bunch of joints <laughs> and attempted to translate the Japanese anime. Yeah. When none of them spoke Japanese. Yeah. Are nope. they hiring? Uh, yeah. They so. don't need to anymore. Now they create brand new cartoons that make sense. 
Yeah, so originally the te- this series aired in syndication from September 10th, 84 to November 18th, 1985. I think that speaks volumes for the quality of this show. 84 to 85. Well, here's the thing is before we get into the quality, you got to understand where cartoons were at this point. Oh, yeah. Through the 1970s to the early 80s, it was strictly prohibited by law to make a cartoon for kids that featured toys they could buy. And then something happened. Ronald Reagan happened. And he uh, took a – he appointed a new chairman of the FCC who had no interest in slowing down business. And all of a sudden, at right around like 82, 83, all of these animation studios are like, shit, we can sell toys. And uh, Mattel uh, teamed up with uh, cartoon manufacturers to create He-Man. And all of a sudden, you've got this adventure series that is the biggest thing on TV. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, crap, we have to do something to capitalize on this. Uh, But making cartoons takes a long time. So they get in touch with Toy Animation, who says... I don't even know what they would say. Obviously, yeah, there was, don't make war for shit. There was absolutely no no real translator involved in any of this. I'm going. I'm just well, going to guess. Yeah, because the no. guys at World Events asked the guys at Toy, "Hey, yeah, just send us the one with the lions." And they <laughs> got Beast King Goliath, which is not actually the one they asked for. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but the they, one they but, wanted actually had the guy with the he had a lion head on the chest. Of the the robot. Oh yeah, it's, I've, I I know what you're talking about. But yes, they got the one with the with the five lions, and they liked that better. Uh, was it was adapted from like Josh said, Beast, Beast King Golan. Uh, also, there was a second season. Now we had talked about this earlier amongst ourselves with the different versions of Voltron, but there was Vehicle Force Voltron was adapted from a completely unrelated anime called Armored Fleet Daruger Fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fifteen vehicles that all come together to form three bigger vehicles that can also form Voltron. <laughs> right. They Which breathe. was also known as Voltron 1 yes. of the near universe. Right. And that apparently is there's the Voltron Lion Force is the far universe because that is the furthest planet away from Earth is where that one happens. Voltron 3. Yes. Vehicle Force Voltron is the Voltron of the near universe because it's closer. And Voltron of the Middle Universe, which you guys thought I was nuts, was Gladiator Voltron, where three guys build robots for a school project and then manage to get them to turn into Voltron. Which was never produced because... Well, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a cartoon, but it was never actually released type of. Right. It was planned and Vehicle Force bombed so hard. They were just like, yeah, I think we're getting off this Voltron train. Yeah. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, the Voltrain, the Voltrain. Nice. They had everything planned out, though. I mean, they they had set up an entire, I mean, mythos so that they could create it, you know, and that they could bring it over and translate it and make it into something, right? Which is what surprised me that Mike had, had seen it or knew of it because it, it never happened. So, well, we had some, uh, you know, I looked up, got the uh, the voices here. We have Jack Angel. Is uh, King Zarkon. And looking, Come on, let's get Voltron. And looking at his credits, he's known for uh, the character Additional Voices in many different uh, <laughs> things. But he also did. God, what did he do? He was oh, Rubik like the Amazing Studio King, voice actor. 
Yeah, pretty much. He did voices in Grim Fandango, uh, the remaster version of it. Lots of video game voices. Uh, he did some voiceover for the trailer for something called Sex Tax. Ooh, ouch. He did that after Toy Story, so that... That was the sequel to Sex Staple Gun. All right, you're, you're kind of done for now. <laughs> that, sex tax? Come on, you got to think about it differently. Was that right, a missing said, you joke? If they said taxing <laughs> that, then we're in trouble. <laughs> All right, so uh, Michael Bell uh, oh. did the voice of Lance. That uh, I had, for some reason, Michael Bell's info is not loading on me. There we go. All right, so he is known for uh, doing lots of Transformers voices. He's in the new ones, uh, Devastation and the video game. He does the voices of Sideswipe and Scrapper. He's done voices in World of Warcraft. Uh, he's done voices in a show called The LeBrons. Yeah, if you go back through, he's been doing voice work pretty constantly from the early 80s all the way up till now. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the few times you end up seeing him in the flesh is he played a minor character on Dallas. Okay. Yeah, he also, yeah, he was on Duckman. He was on, oh, he was in Star Trek, uh, Deep Space Nine. He was, I mean, he's literally like the guy that they call for the voices, so. Right. He probably best known as the voice in G.I. Joe of Zamot, Duke, and Major Blood. Oh, I got it better. He in Darkwing Duck, he was Quacker Jack. Well, he was like, I'm going to go with the G.I. Joe. Yeah. If he were Darkwing Duck himself, I would have given that to you. But come on. Duke and Major Blood. That's true. Zartaz. Who the hell is Zartaz? Zamot? Tomat. Whatever. (laughs) Tomax and Zamot? Yeah. Yeah, those guys. I don't know why they had different voice actors for Tomax and Zamot. I know they never should have. That would kind of weird. Same guy. Uh, This is narrated by Peter Cullen. Optimus Better Prime himself. Yes. Yes. And and Peter oh. Cullen was, was Optimus Prime, but he also, oh. when they released the, the vehicle Voltron, he was um, uh, Koran or Hutch in that series. He was one of the main pilots. Oh. And the one on Netflix? No, on the vehicle Voltron that happened later. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Keith, Neil Ross, another guy, just voices all over the place. Uh, video games, I mean, uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, Ninja Gaiden, lots and lots of, uh, ooh, Crimson Skies, man, I haven't played that in forever. That's a great game. <laughs> um, but no, lots, lots of video game, uh, uh, voices, lots of TV voices. He did, uh, the voice of Lieutenant Mitch Kellaway in the Mask cartoon. Uh, also in the Iron Man TV series back in the 90, 94, 96. He did the voice of Fing Fang Foom. <laughs> Giant Dragon. Yeah, I've just never heard that name. Yeah, Fing he's Fang Foom in the Rin Ram Room. What? <laughs> Fing Fang Foom is probably a C or a D lister if you're not like a super Marvel geek. Yeah. And, ready guys? He did the voice. He was the narrator in Freddy Farkas, Frontier Pharmacist. What? Nice. <laughs> it's a great awesome. tie-in right there. Yeah, seriously. Score. So um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, B.J. Ward uh, was Hagar, the yeah, uh, they, the witch. She's probably best known for uh, voice of Velma in a lot of those 
Scooby-Doo movies in like the early 2000s. Mm, she also did the voice of Scarlet from uh, G.I. Joe. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Lenny Weinrib did the voice of Hunk. Uh, he been been doing voices, God, going all the way back to the 60s. Um, <clears throat> I think this is the guy that did, uh, what's that psychotic uh, kids program when, when the big head thing wearing the cowboy boots? Uh, yes. Pee-wee's Playhouse? H.R. Puffin stuff. Oh. Oh. Yes. I don't remember cowboy boots, so. Yeah, he wore, he wore, uh, he wore puffin stuff, wore copy boots. He was HR puffin stuff. Uh, wow. And he wrote all the episodes. See, when he said big head thing wearing the cowboy boots, I just assume he meant Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> I thought he was talking about Pat. Uh, oh, that's sad. I don't have boots anymore. Anymore. That's a, fun, that's a funny thing. Yeah, I, I come back to Texas and I sell my boots. <laughs> or a children's show since the restraining order. Yeah. And he actually had a, he was on an episode of Chips also. As, restraining orders are just another way of saying I love you. As HR Puff and stuff. Just I love you. <laughs> stay away. I like how Mike just completely ignores that conversation. <laughs> no. I thought he was contributing. It's another way of saying I love you as HR Puff and stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he really hasn't done anything since something called Yo Yogi, a Yogi Bear uh, cartoon it from It's an urban retelling of uh, Yogi Bear. Yeah, 1992. Uh, Tress McNeil. Where, where Yogi Bear is a pit bull instead of a bear. <laughs> You'd have been Caprini Green. Yep. All right. That so, was as far as I was going to go because I, I, I didn't, you know, I know I will probably say something inappropriate, believe it or not. You? Yeah, With or without that, boots. I <laughs> I censored myself like an adult. Wow! Oh. But he's growing up. <laughs> he's gonna leave the nest. So uh, Queen Merla, uh, from, from this, uh, was voiced by Tress McNeil, better known to us by as uh, Agnes Skinner. Yep. And mm-hmm. and Dolph. Who's Dolph? Dolph is the German kid. Don't make me run! I'm full <laughs> of chocolate. She was also the voice of Dot in Animaniacs. Yep, she's oh, got yeah, quite a. She's a big name in voice yeah. acting. Oh yeah, you look at her voice acting credits. There are three hundred and nine of them. Yeah, she's got. She even has uh, Futurama. Um, oh yeah. Uh, uh, credits in here, and if I married a woman like that, I would, I would probably make make her need therapy because I would like make her. Like say things while we're having sex and Dot's voice and stuff like that. I thought you were gonna say in Dorf's voice. <laughs> oh, slow down! I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> Sicko! Holy crap! Um. So, uh, yeah. And Joel, looks like you added some extra stuff. Voltron, Fleet of Doom, 1986. At least he didn't add the guy who voiced Sven. No. I don't like, I never liked Sven. I still don't like Sven. You don't but, like Sven? Yeah. In, in, oh, yeah. in, in ni- 1986, they commissioned Toei to actually create a brand new cartoon. They didn't use stock footage where they had the vehicle force and the, the lion force team up against the fleet of doom. And it was like a 45 minute quote unquote movie. And I watched it actually for the show. And, um, it, it they they don't really get together and do anything until the last like ten minutes. I don't know why you don't like Sven. <laughs> yeah, the rest of it they're they're in flight, 
trying to uh, get to the planet to save them from the team up of bad guys before they destroy the planet. They would have gotten there faster. I am a good pilot. You know what, though? I, I Okay, on the IMDb, no, no, the, yeah, IMDb, Wikipedia page, Sven has, like, the biggest bio. There's, like, well, three yeah. paragraphs just about Sven. I didn't read them. <laughs> Perhaps if his voice no, acting was, like, was better. No, but, but Sven also, I mean, he was... I think it was Michael Bell did Sven also. He was voiced by another one of the uh, voice actors. So you had basically three guys in a room voicing six people. Yeah, I I don't know why they made him Norwegian. <laughs> yeah, well, he was there named was, Sven. It was uh, inevitable. There was no point, though. It, it didn't move the story, story forward. It actually stunted things and made it more problematic. I can't believe you're complaining about that voice. Well, it's Sven's voice when he looks like uh, he's like a student of Bruce Lee. And his original name was Shiro, Mm. which they went back to for the reboot, which we'll get to in the second half. But it's just like, why would you look at this guy that is dressed like a disciple of Bruce Lee and say, yeah, that looks like a Sven? Because, like you said in the beginning, they got these videos, smoked an amazing amount of drugs, and then went... He looks like a Swedish dude. And, of course, that makes complete sense that he would be Swedish. Uh, and I know where Pat's going with this because <clears throat> nobody likes Pidge's voice. <laughs> no, that was hideous. Nobody no. likes Pidge. How I can mean, you possibly complain about Sven when Pidge is there? That's true. Pidge, like pigeon. Pidge, whatever. Fidge, fudge, pudge. And how can you ever, how can you ever uh, dislike such great dialogue as... We're on fire! <laughs> that wasn't Pidge. Okay, so let's get this out of the way. The original Voltron didn't age well. <laughs> I was... I you put think? this on. I put this on for the girls. I'm like, all right, we're going to watch Voltron. Now, we made the mistake oh. of watching the new one first. Okay, they, I was like, go put on Voltron for me. I finished up dinner. We're going to go have pizza in the living room. They found Voltron on Netflix first. And I was like, okay, cool. We'll watch this first. Terrible idea. Because when we watched... The 80s version, I was like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly what I remember Voltron being. This is this cool tigers jumping around, and, you know, Pidge is kind of annoying, but he's all right. You know, at least he's not wearing the the frilly, like, uh, Texas disco transvestite costume <laughs> that he had on the in the original one. But we put the original one on, and they looked at me like, obviously, you were dropped on your head as a child. Because there's nothing good about this at all. They were they were riffing. They were MST3King Voltron as as I was watching it, and I was crying and proud of them at the same time. <laughs> you know, go ahead, Josh. When you're a kid, you've what was good about Voltron? You've basically got awesome looking lions that make a giant robot dude with a freaking sword, and you do have visually distinct characters. Beyond that, well, you're eight. I, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't forget that they also are fighting these these very uh, interesting looking robeasts that they you know take on. Every week, they've got flying coffins that they transport them in. Um, you know, there's a lot of things as a kid to and really like about it. Giant drill nipples, right? <laughs> we I don't know why Hagar liked to always. If you watched enough of the early series, which I made it, I think I watched like eight episodes. Um, 
she liked it when she increased the size of the rubies so they could take on Voltron. They always ended up with these giant nipple guns, which I didn't quite understand. Is that like a cultural thing or something like that? Is like nipple guns a thing? Like in like in Transor Z, the the yeah. uh, Aphrodite, Aphrodite A had a? Yeah. yeah had the nipple missiles or whatever. But no, I mean Which, it, every time she fired them in the American version, they had to cut away because otherwise it would uh, break standards and practices. Mm-hmm. Now, but, go ahead. I'm I'm asking you guys this at all because I'm. Did they talk really slow in this? I mean, did they did this? The voice actors in this show speak to you like you were a kid wearing a helmet. It was weird because it was obvious. You ever been to like bad improv where they don't like quite know what to say? That's what all of their lines reminded me of. Well, like, I'm thinking of the next word as I say this word. <laughs> I think they were trying to match up to the movement of the, the mouse somewhat. But what's, no, they weren't. Because when they said when they yelled Voltron, when they finally formed Voltron, their mouths were reciting limericks or something. <laughs> what was funny though is when you guys were talking about the whole, uh, you know, uh, toy grab thing. It was clearly obvious that that's what they were after. Which, when you're ten years old or eight years old or however you're old when you were watched it, that's not what you were seeing. But just if you you could have a drinking game where you. C- take a drink every time they say the word Voltron and he'd be drunk in the first 10 minutes of the show. Yeah. But the thing is, is, also this, this show was different from He-Man. There weren't Voltron toys developed before or alongside the show. They came after. Yep. It's one of the big exceptions to the early eighties where, yeah, there were toys, but the toys came from the show rather than the show coming from the toys like He-Man, GI Joe, Transformers, like all the legends. Well, and those were designed, yeah, to sell toys. I mean, that's yeah. I wanted to clarify the difference, right? Holy crap! I mean, those literally the toys were created, like right, like said simultaneously with the show. It was a, it was a, it was a big commercial, basically. I am, I'm, I looked up Voltron toys at strangely enough Sears right now. For a mere three hundred and sixty-five dollars, with a savings of sixty-two dollars. You can get a Voltron 1997 die-cast Defenders of the Universe Lionbot robot set that turns into Voltron. Which a whole assortment. I wish, I, it's crazy. I, I wish I had had a chance to take a picture because I've got the, the full set of the, the, the car Voltron downstairs that they released. I've got the Black Lion and then I've got my Voltron t-shirt on right now. But, um, so they actually have toys... That are in the shapes Nothing of lions else. that you can actually combine into a big Voltron. Yes. Yes. Back then, yeah. And they do now, too. I mean, now they've got a whole... Because the whole time I'm watching it, I'm stuff. like, how the fuck do lions turn into a big robot? It doesn't even make sense. See, well, when because... I was a kid, I, I was so convinced this was a thing that I was designing plans. I wanted to make five go-karts <laughs> that were going to be wooden lions that would transform into a big robot. And then... I explained it to my dad, and I never got a go kart. <laughs> but we say this once, once: stay off the drugs. Yeah, it's, it's like clearly soapbox racing is not your forte. <laughs> <laughs> You're out in the backyard. You explain that to him. He goes in the house like, "Well, time to return the go kart." <laughs> he gives you all the raw material to build a go kart, and he, he comes out and says, "Look, a land speeder." 
But he did give Josh like a this, line. This kid is not for sports. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Which never transformed into anything. But he was. We're on fire. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Okay, here's here's one question out of many that I have. Ooh. How when you break apart a giant bigger than a planet robot with whatever amazing magic you have because you made it think you were a god and it came to you. How does that break into five lions? <clears throat> I'll feel this that one. to me. I'll feel it. Whenever there's something like that you don't understand, a wizard did it. <laughs> and that's exactly magic. what happened. Because remember the... Uh, yeah, I know. No. That's what I said. She yeah. tricked him into thinking... But the, that she, she shoot five into, lions. I mean, that's, and they that's just so, threw the word space in front of anything. Hey, it was a space <laughs> goddess. Space explorers. We're space explorers. Oh my explorers. god, I got so tired of hearing space explorers. And we need so space. Until became Team Voltron, and then somehow everybody knew that they were called Voltron Force. Blame I Japan. did. I did note that, that like 10 seconds after they christened themselves the Voltron Force, King Zarkon was like, we shall capture the Voltron Force. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. how does he know that's what they're called? <laughs> he, well, and that, that was this the thing about it. This guy's got a bug in there. <laughs> That, they're that, all that actually was... in the same room. <laughs> that was one, there's one like one of those like Hyatt Regency little dividers in the room, <laughs> <laughs> separating both of them. <laughs> well, that was the thing about it is is as you're watching it with adult eyes, you notice all those huge inconsistencies. And you're right, everybody was calling them Voltron Force from there on out. Um, they were grave robbers, also, if you noticed. Because they had to go to um, uh, Princess Allura's father's grave to get the, the stuff keys. He was buried with, yeah. yeah, but he right. showed up. He was totally he, cool about it. Yeah, yeah. He he gave the the thumbs up on that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, go ahead, no, steal my shit. Him. I'm dead. I don't care. Pillage my corpse. Do it <laughs> and, slowly. <laughs> and it's it's kind of a bad idea if you don't got forget these the raping part. Massive <laughs> what? weapons. <laughs> Weapon grade lions that that in order to make them work at all, you have to have this really jinky key. Yeah, tiny little key. Don't have the jinky key, no go, bud. Sorry. Yeah, and I think almost what this shows more than anything is if you have awesome visual design, not necessarily top notch animation, but awesome visual design. Kids at a certain age almost don't care what you're saying at all. No. They don't because you, they they watch the show, and they run out in the backyard and they all fight about who doesn't be Pidge. That's yeah. well, who's the black lion was always the argument. Oh yeah, black lion. But the thing is, nobody wants to be Pidge. I, I always wanted to be Hunk. I was always a chunky little fucker. Well, and all right, we'll call you Hunk all Gen Con. <laughs> And you're Note Pidge, self. because you're from Texas, and you probably I have... I swear, friend. if you call me Pidge, I will walk out. <laughs> well, and the other thing, watching it with with adult eyes, is that you see so many giant inconsistencies and in things that they did that makes it clearly obvious that they pieced together something that they had no idea what they were doing. Because the, the colors of the lions change from scene to scene, depending on... And the pilots and things, it was... And just, they reused the same animation over and over again. Oh, yeah. And, and the dialogue, <clears throat> I mean, was just... It was really atrocious. It was. It was. I got so annoyed with how exposit, how everything was just exposition. That was how they talked to each other. Yep. We have to find the five pieces to put Voltron back together. Yes, you've said that six times already. We know it's a tough job, so let's get on it. 
Thank you, Al. And then Pidge, well, you know, when when the King Zarkon sent the force down there of of guys to attack them while they're still on Altera, uh, or, or I forget the name. I'm all confused now. Um, Pidge is like, I'm going to go out and take a look at things, and yeah, he runs out he, and he goes. And I'm going to go six to, miles away to check it out. <laughs> right, he's trying to take on the entire force by himself, and no one has a problem with this because they all yeah, hate Pidge. Idiot. They kind of hope he dies. <laughs> That's pretty much it right there. Should well, we go, should we go with him? Come and save me, guys. I'm trapped. <laughs> hey, no, wait a second. Somehow, okay. somehow my plan of running into the middle of their army didn't work. And when they've been captured and they're in the prison, why the hell can Pidge jump that high? Uh, that was just his thing. He was a little yeah. guy. He jumps high. Hunk super strong. I'll, I'll give him a pass on that. Okay, you, we're we're gonna just let that, that one. That's his weird thing. And and yeah. the other thing is that spaceship that they were crashing in as they're coming down. Those are the worst eject uh, like uh, escape pods I've yeah. ever seen in my life. They just spin you and spin you and spin you until you just puke everywhere. Yeah, and then Pidge falls off of his chair and manages to land on his feet. Well, that was yeah. Pidge. They had to make Pidge cooler somehow, so he was kind of a acrobat. Yeah. 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 But why, when you can jump all the way to the top of the parapets to check out the mice, and then you, why would you immediately just come back down? Like, oh, I'm already up here. Screw you guys. Now, did, hey guys. You, guys, did you guys make it to episode six? Yeah, no, I watched. I no. Okay. I, watched, I think eight episodes of this. Because after, once I hit four, I'm like, I've seen Voltron, like I said earlier. Two hours for me to get to Voltron. Six was a key episode. Uh, especially in Beast King Go Lion, but they did the same story tuned down. One of the big things they did in the re-edit is they made it less violent. In the original episode six, it was titled The Death of Shirogane the Hero. It's when Shiro, who is Sven, is Uh basically, he's killed. And uh, his lion has to be taken over by Princess Allura in her pink uniform. And in the uh, show... That was deemed too violent, so he was just hurt really, really bad. But they still went six episodes with those space explorers turned Voltron Force cast. And then Sven gets taken out and is replaced for the rest of the series by the princess. I think they did too many complaints that there wasn't a woman in you know in the five of Voltron. Well, you want to market to girls, so you've got to somehow incorporate a girl into that. I well, was shocked that there wasn't one. In the original series, though, that's a pretty bold thing, is to establish this team of heroes and six episodes in kill one of them off. It's probably why Sven's got such a big wiki article, is because his death impacted the team from that point forward. I would like I mean, to know if George George R. R. Martin is a Voltron fan. Maybe. That would explain some things. Exactly what would that explain? I'm just curious. What? The propensity for killing off your main characters. So then would Pidge be like the uh, Arya of the... No? I'm going to the Red Wedding. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it'd be fun. (laughs) And I will say, I completely forgot about him. I, I stepped into it expecting Princess the princess to be piloting one of the one of the tigers or one of the lions and then when the second his voice opened up both the girls you, uh, you remember uh, um, family guy when Stewie does that head turn thing <laughs> that's exactly what happened in the living room 
he, he Sven spoke, and they both went, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave me that look well, like, and I, I had to admit, I, obviously, I didn't even it didn't even seem jarring to me, Sven's voice, because I was so concentrated on uh, Pidge's voice, Pigeons. Why? What? What's wrong with it, Pat? Come on. <laughs> Sounds like L with a cold. <laughs> well, there were a few things that were cool. I mean, the lions. Granted, the overall quality of the animation was not great, but the lions looked pretty badass. Oh yeah, and they all each had their individual thing. They had this sort of vague elemental association. The red one shooting fire, the yellow one comes up from the sands, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the, well, the line. Again, oh, good. I was going to say, and again, you've got the row beasts and you've got the coffin ships that take them around. And what kid doesn't want a giant coffin with a skull on it that has a monster inside? Yep. I'm, I just <laughs> thought of like three of them that may not, but. <laughs> but in, no. in 1984. No, I mean, oh, no, 1984, everybody wanted a flying skull coffin. Exactly. It was a thing. It was like the uh, the the wood paneled station wagon of its time. Right. Not at all. <laughs> but no, I mean the whole concept, Josh. I get what you're saying. The idea is the, the for an eight year old is fantastic. You mm-hmm. you watch that show. You come out. You fight about who's the black, who's got the uh, black lion, who's got the red lion. You go out there and you. Play, you go out and you play that. And that's exactly what we did as kids at this age. You know, you go out there and you emulate whatever it is you saw. But I, for as awesome as I remember it being, oh, it was hard to watch. It was. And, well, and, and I have a comment on that when we get to the new series. But as I told you guys in the pre, pre-game, I was at the pre-show. <laughs> The warm up. I, I only I only saw three episodes. Never got to see Voltron, be, you know, because every time I watched it, I would fall asleep in the middle of the show. So it took me forever to fi- to finish even those three episodes. So I was a little bit annoyed that I watched three bad episodes of a TV show and didn't even get to see the main character. Not I know. happy. I feel your pain. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm happy because I'm I don't have to watch any more Voltron, but I'm not. <laughs> happy. Well, yeah, and I after mean, he forms you see the same thing over and over so yeah yeah sometimes we do this and we go back and we're surprised by how good it is we're afraid it wasn't going to hold up and this just wasn't one of those times it's like i I was afraid this wasn't going to hold up and it was even worse than i thought it was going to be yeah no it's um i expected it to not i expected it to be bad because i'm like i remember this being awesome and you're over the over the years, your brain builds it up, builds it up, builds it up, and I was like, "Yeah, Voltron, it's awesome. The tigers and they get together, and I'll be the head and all that." And and as it came on, little by little, my brain was like, in that first ten minutes, was going, "This is going to be a painful evening." Well, and and what's what fascinated me about it was, first of all, kind of thinking about the time in which it was created, but thinking about in terms of the people that created it and did they really think it was good or did they just think, you know, let's get something on the air because the lions are cool and we know that kids will be interested in it. I mean, it just looking at it I think from this a, was probably, I, I think this falls under the category of throw something to the wall to see if it sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was a blatant cash grab even at the time because people that were serious about taking <clears throat> Japanese cartoons and transporting them to the U S 
did stuff right around the same time, like Robotech. And Robotech had spectacular writing. Oh, yes. Robotech, I remember watching that. And that I Well, let's not watch that. Let's watch this instead. Well, let's let the whole time. Well, when they when they remake Robotech, dude, I am all over Robotech. Shit. Oh yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I want to I want some Min May action. Well, but it makes me wonder if I if I was to go back and watch, you know, well, Transor Z, for example, that I mentioned earlier, or um, uh, what was G Force? I can't think of what they called it. Uh, that Gatchaman. Yeah, you know, would well, how would that look? About the, the the gerbil thief movie. No. Um, because Wait, you know it's it's Did basically the same concept. Ger- gerbil thief movie. It, I it was spies. a Zach Galifianakis oh. movie. Oh, okay. G Force. It was the gerbils. Yeah, guinea pigs. Yeah, I remember. Oh that. yeah, guinea pigs. That's guinea right, pigs. Yeah, talking I'm guinea sorry. pigs. Yeah, sorry. Um, but I'm sorry you know, to interrupt with that, that important little bit there. <laughs> well, how would that? How would it hold up? You know, did it? Is it done exactly this poorly? Or did they spend more time and and energy on it? Because I remember those very fondly too. Um, but I feel like this had to be upper level suckage for the eighties. Yeah, but it was carried entirely because it had such a huge fandom, and all of us remembered it being so great. I, <clears throat> I just remember, like, even in the nineties, you remember the first time as a grown up you watched Knight Rider. Oh, oh, <laughs> yep. oh, yeah. That's I got the same vibe off this. It's like, oh, I I should not have returned this this. <laughs> door was best left closed in my memory where everything was awesome i should not have passed <laughs> no shouldn't should have yeah. left this back there where it was still great oh i don't know i i had fun revisiting it and it just it, it reminded me of being a kid in a lot of ways and it made me appreciate what we're going to talk about here in a minute and we'll get into more but with that later but before we get to that, um, I should mention that in 98 through 2000, why this lasted two years, I don't know. They tried bringing it back with Voltron, the third dimension, and they actually got a lot of the original cast. Um, Tress McNally was in it. BJ Ward, Neil Ross, Michael Bell all came back. Uh, they added Kevin Michael Richardson as Hunk, who is another very prolific voice actor. Um, Tim Curry was Prince Lotor. And... Billy West, best known as Fry on oh, Futurama, okay. played Pidge, and he sounded just like Fry. <laughs> That's awesome. But it was it I was like so conflicted. <laughs> it was like horribly bad cutscenes from a video game that was made at probably about the same time, and it was an attempt at you know computer generated cartoon, and it just failed miserably. I, I oh had a fans hated it. it. It was so bad. Yeah, if you look at the animation from this, it all was just a little bit past Flying Toaster screensaver. <laughs> like, if you see, like, low-budget, late-90s CGI cutscenes from PC games, that's the show was entirely like that. Wow. Yes. And it was basically a, just a modern update of the original series. I mean, they didn't change a whole lot it wasn't like the later attempt at it before the new one where they just completely changed the entire i mean it was the same mythos but they went further into it and you know fast forwarded 10 years or whatever this was straight out of the original series Hmm. and it was not good no not good somehow even worse than the original yeah if you think 84 was bad you should watch 
the third dimension. I, I, I will not. No. <laughs> Good, because it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's right. yeah. That is not a thing you should do. No. Oh, speaking of things we should should do. Was it? I, I'm other? not. Yeah. There you go. Hey, you want to take a break? Sure. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about the new Netflix series, uh, Voltron, Defender of the Galaxy. And uh, we're going to get some awesome uh, missing you jokes from Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary Every, Defender. Everything, everything that you listen to us for. A legendary Defender. Yes. With less boots. Because Pat doesn't have boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. <laughs> I thought Les Boots was like, was like a guest star. I thought it was Bootsy Collins' cousin. I thought Les Boots was a country singer. That's Transformers. We're talking That's- about Voltron. They have to make that noise? Yeah, no, he doesn't make that. Doesn't make that noise. No, this is Voltron. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I was talking. I was on Transformers. Oh boy! So before we hop into the the modern show, let me just throw in one quick thought here about in 2011, and supposedly it doesn't have an end date. So I guess they're planning on making more at some point. Uh, they've created a show called Voltron Force, which takes place about five or so years after the original series. Um. Voltron has saved the universe and they're having this big parade and uh, the the lions all of a sudden start shooting randomly into the crowd. They don't hit the people, they hit the building. So some guy decommissions them. They become the the different characters. One of them goes off and becomes a renegade. The other ones are teachers and I don't know. Then there's this new class of kids that want to pilot the, the lions. They meet up with a couple of the guys, Pidge and Lance and I forget the other one and um, and so basically it's like a, a, the next generation of Voltron and it's done in that really crappy early, like 2000 style animation, like where they're trying to be the Batman, the animated series, but in a bad way, really blocky type of thing. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just not good. So if you're, if you're looking for more Voltron to watch, avoid that one as well. <laughs> you're looking Voltron for more Voltron. Force. Don't do that. Yes. <laughs> Make up your own pretend Voltron fan fiction, and it'll probably be way better. Wait, can can you make them out of wood and make them go karts? Yes. I'll uh, show my dad he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> As he shakes his fist in the air. Josh, not his dad. Why would Josh's like dad this. shake? Josh, wait, no, I got confused about the fisting. Now thing. I'm confused. Anyway, right, so, so back to who, the who's show. fisting who in this <laughs> scenario? All right, let's let's get to talking about Voltron, <laughs> legendary defender. All right, so um, <laughs> 2016, Voltron got re-released. Netflix and um, DreamWorks Animation. DreamWorks Animation, which immediately the animation is thousand times better than the previous. Uh, they also jumped in and got some a lot better uh, voice actors for this. So we have Kimberly Brooks uh, doing the voice of Allura, the princess. Uh, has done... <clears throat> God, you know her from... She plays Malachite and Jasper in Steven Universe. 
and lots okay. of lots of different voices from video games, uh, such as she was in Fallout Four. She was one of the Brotherhood of Steel. Uh, also plays uh, voices in Ben Ten Omniverse, which I think is actually you know, pretty good. Not a bad show. Yeah, the it's Ben Ten pretty stuff good. Is not bad. But yeah, lots of voice acting type stuff. So uh, well, what's that? And she is so perfectly cast in that role. Oh yeah, she sounds so perfect in that role. Was, and her uh, partner in arms, Butler. What is he? Quran. What is he? He's the only other Altaian that's still alive. Yeah, and he is voiced by Rice Darby. He was Dar- a diplomat in the original. <laughs> that's true. Rice Darby. Darby was a favorite of everybody here on the show after we watched the uh, the X-Files episode um, of the uh, Origin Human, of the Were-Monster. The Origin of the Were-Monster. Um, he is currently doing something called Killing Hasselhoff. Nice. Which uh, sounds pretty good. Somebody had to do it. Yeah, and uh, but he is known for, you know, he played Guy Mann in the Were-Monster episode. He's also was in... What We Do in the Shadows, which I still have not seen and I heard is amazing. I want yeah. to see it so bad, I just haven't. Oh, it's great. I did yeah. not like it. Well, Joel's wrong. Yeah, well, that means I'm going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I've seen of it looks really funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a Flight of the Concords meets like a reality show. Anyway, we're not talking about yeah, that. Yeah, we're not right talking now. about that. But Keith Ferguson plays King L4, uh, also known for additional voices. Uh, and oh. did the voice of Han Solo in the Lego Movie? Lots of uh, lots of voices across the wo- across the board. I mean, he's again goes all everything to Robot Chicken. He did uh, voicing on Mad, the TV series, uh, Saints Row f- video games. He just Phineas and Ferb voices, which I love that show. Great uh, show, yeah. King Zarkon is Neil Kaplan. And uh, he is known for Zarkon. Yeah, Zarkon. Again, lots. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of the a, a lot of the secondary characters. You know, he's not he he does a lot of video game additional voices. Uh, World of Warcraft. He did a bunch of voices in there. On uh, Naruto, he did the voice of oh. Marada Uchada. What? That's that's a pretty popular anime. Okay. Yeah, and I think Murata is a big character. I never got into Naruto, but yeah, it's another great name, though. Yeah. Also, did the voice of Gensuri Shingeki Yakamato in Bleach, the TV Whoa. series. Okay. I've heard nothing but good things about that. I'm, <laughs> well, uh, if if you want to hear other things about it, we can talk about it sometime. Yeah. Off I don't like Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Shiro, the black. I almost said Black Ranger. Uh, <laughs> the Black Panther. The yes. pilot of the Black Lion. Uh, he is played by one Josh Keaton, who originally started out in General Hospital and has done voices of uh, Hal Jordan in the uh, Green Lantern uh, TV series. and also Any played relation to Michael? Michael no. Keaton? Don't think so. Uh, no mention of it. I was uh, actually looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah, he also does the voice of Dick Grayson from the Batman Arkham Origins video game. Oh, and the voice of uh, Young Hercules from Hercules. So, there's a lot of great pedigree in these characters, including my favorite, Tyler Labine as Hunk. Oh, yeah. Uh, is he Tucker or Dale? Uh, he is Dale. 
in Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. He also is does voices in Monsters University. He was in a TV show called Reaper and uh, was also in Rise of the Planet of the Apes and is currently in post-production of a movie called The Heyday of the Insensitive Bastards. Hmm. Sounds like something we should go see as a group. <laughs> yes. But was also in Mulder and Scully Meet the Monster. Oh. Yeah. He was the guy from the very beginning when they they shoot in the video. Oh, okay. And he also was in the movie called A Good Old Fashioned Orgy, where he played McCrudden. Yep, and that's a funny movie. That is actually a really funny movie. So. But uh, who do we got left? Jeremy Shada plays Lance. Old Jeremy is known for uh, Team America World Police, where he played Jean-Francois. Uh, he also played Pug in Paranorman. Oh, such a good movie. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's also the lead in Adventure Time, isn't yep. he? He does the voice of Finn. Yeah. Pat, have you seen Adventure Time? No. You need to get to nine and watch Adventure Time. <laughs> you like, that's like a yeah, rating, anything like... below nine, I don't think... You yeah. like it. You must be this high <laughs> to watch this show. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. And then uh, also a throwback uh, back to our uh, Bat Month. Remember uh, Batman the Jesus. Brave and the Bold? Yes. Vaguely. Yeah, he does the voice of uh, Robin. Na, 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 na. Robin. <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, so we've got a lot better. I thought he was calling for his grandmother. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I, f- I skipped to another page. We still have more voices. Cree Summer. Who does Hagar? Rise of Ultron has played the. I know that name. You do. Most people will know her from a different world. Uh, most people ah, also it. know her. Ready for this? For doing the voice of Penny from Inspector Gadget. Yep, the original. Yeah, and she was also Winifred in uh, a different world. Doctor Claw. That was not the way her voice sounded, but that was. <laughs> uh, last voice we have up. Uh, not last voice. Ben. Bex Taylor Claus. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Is she related to Santa? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yes, but, yeah, but that's uh, a stepdaughter. That's why the typhonated. Yeah. But she does the voice of Pidge, which makes complete sense. And then Stephen Yun does Keith from uh, Walking Dead. And if you watch to episode six of Voltron Legendary Defender, none other than Daryl Dixon also makes a cameo appearance. Speaking of The Walking Dead. Uh, who did he play? Norman Reedus. He plays the the one. There's the two people that they get the distress signal for. And oh, robot. okay. Is he the. So he's the guy he's, of those. Two. He's the guy of the two. Right. Okay. That's a cool episode. Cool. Yeah. But uh, like I was saying, much better voice actors in this one. Yeah. Across also, the, the showrunners in this, you've got Lauren Montgomery and Joaquin Dos Santos, who are probably best known working together for Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. But uh, she was on like uh, Justice League The New Frontier, Crisis on Two Earths, did a lot of the DC stuff. They've both got like a, a DC animation pedigree mm-hmm. and then came into their own with the Avatar stuff. Nice. That's where I recognize the animation from. Legend of Korra is one of my favorite recent cartoons that's come out. It's so good. And this, I get it now. I hadn't realized that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those, those are the showrunners. And in fact, Laura Montgomery was the storyboard artist for Legend of Korra. Oh, nice. Makes so much more sense. 
So now, now the way I describe this when I was I was talking actually talked about watching these to somebody else, and they said, you know, you watch the original, and then you watch Voltron, <clears throat> Legendary Defender. I was like, remember how awesome Voltron was? And he's like, yeah, man, I used to love Voltron. I'm like, well, don't watch it. Because <laughs> it's not that awesome. It's not what you think it is. If you watch Legendary Defender, it will be everything you remember Voltron being. See, and that was the point I made on Facebook also, um, separately of that, was that watching this and watching the original, it's like everything that I imagined in my head that was going on in the original when I was watching it at 10 years old was what I was seeing on the TV now in 2016. Well, that makes me wonder, like, in 2045, what are they going to look at this, you know, currently, like, when they reboot Voltron again? Oh, my God, you have to use your eyes? <laughs> they'll have like, actual, this isn't VR. Oh, they'll have actual yeah. lion robots. I don't think that they'll be looking at animation from this period and going, "Wow, this was total shit." They'll be looking at stuff like tweets or YouTube videos or oh, yeah. even that, like mobile Snapchat. gaming. Yeah, where those things are in about now in development, where cartoons were in the eighties. In terms of, they're not totally new, but they've only had. I've, few decades to develop mm-hmm. and, and I, you end up with a pewdiepie right yeah <laughs> there was a couple bits of trivia there i don't know if you wanted to mention those or not no i, threw in. I don't okay no <laughs> why don't you mention them joel no well okay yes, go yeah, ahead joel yeah. uh the designers looked at the gundam mecha shows for influence on the voltron design which, if you notice in the the this adaptation, he's a lot less boxy and a lot more uh, rounded, smooth edges. He doesn't. Yeah, have, is, yeah. He what doesn't. Is Gundam. Oh, it's a. I'm sorry. I just had a little aneurysm there when you said that. <laughs> I, yeah, I was trying not to freak out on him, but if you want to explain, <laughs> giant, giant. Let's just leave it at giant robots. Yeah, I mean, I can say that the one of the most complicated models I've ever built was a Gundam. And it was a model that required no glue. Like, it was all a snap-together model, and it's still one of the most complex plastic models I've ever put together. Oh, yeah. The Gundam models, those things are ridiculously... All right. Let me Google this shit. Yeah. Look up Gundam, and then tell me if that's not something you would want to pilot. Gundam style. Oh, (laughs) Big Japanese robots. I I probably only got into them because uh, the models are so cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're very, very cool designs. This is way over the top. Oh, shut up. Um, well, he's like, got blades coming out everywhere and shit. Well, Some they of mentioned, them do, yeah. They mentioned Voltron Force uh, being the, the first team that had two female members and this being the second, which um, will... Well, that's a pretty huge spoiler. Yeah, but, well, he hasn't seen the whole series, so... You son of a bitch! What we're talking about. <laughs> no, but you just totally blew it for Mike. I didn't say anything. I didn't give away anything. <laughs> I missed it, damn it. <laughs> exactly. I didn't wasn't specific about anything. No, but I'm pretty sure he could put together what we were talking about on the break. Which is why he just said you son of a bitch. Oh. <laughs> uh, I didn't even hear what he said. I'm too busy looking at these Gundam in- images. So, uh, in a nice nod to the so, previous so Voltron. The only guy that was listening, the guy that doesn't even care, missed it. 
in in episode six when the the castle finally takes off and becomes a ship, um, they actually quote the original series when they used to form the robot. They would say, "Activate interlock. Dinotherms connected. Mega thrusters are go." Well, that's what Alora says when she's piloting the. I gotta the admit it. Castle. The activate interlock like form arms and torso, form legs, and I'll form the head. I kind of missed that. Yeah. I kind of wish that they'd kept that. I know it's a little cheesy, but it's so iconic. It was the one thing I was like, cutting that may have been one of the very few missteps for the new series. I do have to say is this show is a lot more aware of itself it, it it the whole thing is so tongue in cheek sometimes. Let me. The old cartoon when it would form, they would actually like state like what they were doing, like put put arms together or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's, that's that's a rule of anime, man. Whatever you're doing, you're narrating yourself. No, right. I don't like that. Summon bluster sword now. Yeah, yeah. See, that, that's one reason I don't like anime. I guess. Well, this I one like they this. don't do that. So, but and I, I liked it. I did. I I would not have appreciated it. Well, yeah. and they're more, they're more, it's more about a psychic link to their particular lion because they're, they're, they're paladin that even for them to form, it's not a matter of them consciously trying to connect the pieces. It happens because magic. It because it happens, man. <laughs> well, it's, it's more. You gotta just let it happen, man. Exactly. That's exactly right, though. If you, if you force it, it ain't gonna happen. That's very, very true. That's exactly right. But uh, again, a lot more humor in this one. Like, pr- like um, they're actually make, trying to make you laugh. In this one versus, and there, you- there was some funny stuff in it. Like, I mean, the, um, Tank, Tank, Hunk, 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 was actually pretty funny. Oh yeah, that's well. I mean, and, and they, they made they made uh, Koran much funnier, obviously, because uh, because you kind of have to when you're using Rice Davies. Darby, you mean? Mm-hmm. No, well, maybe. and Keith is is hilarious. <laughs> like, who the yeah. hell are you talking about? I'm so confused. <laughs> I think the whole I think interplay between Lance and Keith, like it, just overall character development, is so much better from non-existent in the original series mm-hmm. to actually pretty good over the episodes. Yeah, because I mean, in the original series, it was like we're a team because we're a team. Like, it's just that, that's what it's <laughs> like when you first start playing Dungeons and Dragons, like. Okay, you guys are in a bar, in a bar together, and you decide you're going on a mission together. Okay, so we're a team because we're a team. Yeah, right. We're a team because it advances the plot. <laughs> yeah, there, and there was holy a- crap, is there an upgrade from Sven to Shiro? Oh yeah, yeah. I love Shiro. Shiro is so he's so badass in this one, especially when when he um when he finally discovers that he has a cybernetic arm and punches through one of the robots. Oh yeah, that was pretty badass. Well, and the whole character design as well the the upgrade of the the suits the the robot design, and then just their designs when they're not in uniform. I mean, just everything about it is just much more visually striking and interesting mm-hmm. my My biggest complaint versus the old team is there we go there was not enough Swedish people. Oh, what do you say? <laughs> you need to watch the show a little more. The Swedes come in later why Why would you need Swedes when you got Tyler Labine? I'm a leg. <laughs> I know. Like, Love that. Well, I, w- I was shaking pretty much the entire time and screaming my head off, so I think that's what did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, 
later on where he they they realize that when they put their what do they call it the the little weapons that they have that form into weapons when they oh i can't remember what they're called certain, yeah. yeah they're called something well when in one of the later episodes he realizes what his does in the yellow lion and he's like form thingy and he <laughs> like puts it in the thing and turns it well, and, <laughs> Pat, so. later on, you haven't seen the next episode, though, when they're trying to figure out how to put Voltron back together, to, the interchange between the characters is like, okay, how about we just stack the lions on top of each other, and then they'll just become Voltron. And Tyler, uh, uh, the hunk, he stacks the yellow lion on top, and he's like, are you sure I'm not the head? Because <laughs> I think I was the head last time. And then <laughs> I think it's Lance. It's like, dude, you literally shouted out, I'm a leg. I'm a leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very well written. The characters are really well defined, and even though they're they're very much the same as they were in the original series in basic structure, they're completely different. Well, they have the archetype. You've got the big yeah. dude. You've got the little dude. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 tech, yeah, the yeah. tech person. The tech person. You've got the you know the ace pilot. You've got the leader. You've got the uh, hot headed guy. And they all they all have the you know like Lance is uh, too cool for it, so he's got he's got he's the, got that he's got that William Riker vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got also got a little bit of Eric from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. He totally does. I God, I was trying to figure out who he reminded me of. Yeah, where he he like wants to be a ladies' man, wants to be a jokester, and just like there's a little bit of cowardice and ineptitude holding him back. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a bunch of bluster because he knows he's overcompensating. There's some contention on on the Voltron forums that Lance and Keith are piloting the opposite lions that they were in the original series. I'm like, really? Come on. I I don't know why they're bitching because they've shifted everybody except for Hunk and Pidge. Right. It, It makes more sense anyway with the lions and their personality types. Right, and Shiro is a better leader than old mullet Keith was. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's a great line. I'd recognize that mullet anywhere <laughs> <laughs> from the first episode. Yeah. No, the, I mean, I, it's, what I like about it is that it led in with a lot of humor. You know, it led in with uh, Hunk and Lance and uh, Pidge all in that simulator. And you don't know they're in the simulator and like, can you tell us what they did wrong? The navigator vomited into the gearbox. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. But no, I mean the the writing is great. The animation is miles better than the previous one. I really, I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be. Um, I've watched a. There's some other Netflix animated stuff that I've watched that I have been like re- wasted my time on. Because um, believe it or not, not everything Netflix makes is solid gold. But this, I think the uh, the partnership with um, DreamWorks. DreamWorks just worked out. I mean, I think they've got a good thing going here. This is really entertaining. It's fun to watch. And it calls back to all the things that we remember being cool about about the, uh, about the original uh, uh, Voltron. Including, I, I don't know if there ever were, for as long as we watched it, that little tribe of little butthead things <laughs> when they're like the Alphorans. yeah when we're going to dance the dance of apology oh really that's not necessary oh she has rejected the dance of apology light the sacrificial pyre 
Well, and and they they stuck to a lot of the original character designs because when I first saw the the characters appear in the very first episode, I'm like, holy crap, they look almost identical to the original characters, just you know, done better. Luckily, Zarkon they completely revamped his look. <laughs> they but didn't Hagar just want to make and, him a uh, a blue Harvey Corman with a crown, <laughs> <laughs> right? The rest of them they left alone though. Hagar and the one named his right hand man. You know, the, those designs actually stayed pretty much true to the original. That is a great description. <laughs> but you're right, he did. Which, incidentally, he becomes good in Voltron Force. So, another reason not to watch it. Oh, Wait, the, the main bad guy becomes good? Yeah. Zarkon becomes a good guy. How do you have any kind of a plot, then? Because they have a different where, bad where guy. Where do they go around just, just doing charity work? They have a yeah. different bad guy. They do, like, fundraisers and walks and stuff. <laughs> it it makes sales. Yeah. <laughs> a wizard did it. <laughs> Established that. So overall, the plot is basically the same. You've got the guys finding the lions, and Allura comes back and from being asleep, and all that fun stuff. So that I mean, ten thousand years this time, though. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They explain the um, uh, what you call it. They explain the mice in this one. Yeah, uh, the mice aren't just weird, like cartoony mice. Mice with no explanations, like oh, they're space mice. They're my friends. Yeah, everything right, must be space. They're like they're in the cartoons. We have to write them in somehow. We can't keep cutting them out of every scene. Well, here I mean, they made them part of it. Yeah, and they they kind of made it uh, cool because it's like oh well, you know, I guess it's because they were stuck inside my, you know sleep chamber for 10,000 years we had a psychic bond okay cool explained never bring it up again <laughs> and yeah, mice are smarter than they need to be that's all we need to know yeah and for some reason she had them in her sleep chamber and all right. the robies are pretty freaking awesome oh yeah yeah they are the the tentacle one with a thousand eyes oh so cool and creepy i love that robies that was badass See what you got coming, Pat? No, I don't. Tentacle Robeasts. What do you mean, no, you don't? You're not going to watch it? No. <laughs> oh, you may have. <laughs> I mean, I liked it, but I didn't like it enough to watch the whole series or anything. Well, I'll just say that, <laughs> that the, the last episode of this first season, if you watch it, you will be tied in to watch the second season. Yeah, I'm almost there. I almost finished the season. Uh, we'll probably finish it within the next couple of days. Yeah, I got to get in there, finish a little more myself. Well, and and do you guys notice that there's? I mean, it's not heavy handed, but there's also a lot of really positive messages and and other things that are happening in the story that are not just there for the sake of moving the story forward. There's actually a purpose. Um, like the 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 two people that they find stranded that you know have a character arc or um uh the the people that are have been enslaved by Zarkon for the past however many thousand years they don't know any better and their kind of story and how it ends i mean everything with that is just again it's credit to the writers for turning it into something more than it was although i'd love to see them make toys <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. 
that's the only problem with Netflix is they're not big on marketing their stuff. Like you can't buy their stuff on Blu-ray or DVD. It, it, it takes a long time, if ever. It's like they're, you know, they want you to subscribe and watch the stuff on their website or on your tablet or iPhone or whatever. So there's not a lot of that marketing out there, but hopefully since DreamWorks is involved. Oh, I'm sure DreamWorks is in there. They're probably like, wait a second. We got this. (laughs) And the reviews just so far have been universally positive. Oh yeah. So Pat, for the amount that you saw, what do you think? Um, like I said, I I liked it. It was kind of entertaining, and it was definitely a hundred percent better than the other one. But I'm I don't have any any feeling of compulsion to want to watch any more of it. We'll take so, that. We'll take, take that, that as, as a victory. A, I'll say that's <laughs> that's a thumbs up if I ever heard one. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I mean, that's always a, that's always a positive. You went back yeah. to watch the final six minutes to actually see Voltron get formed, and it was actually. Much cooler than I thought it would be. All right, go team. We're on fire. <laughs> we know it's not the prisoner pad, but what is, right? I didn't say it. I did not right. bring it up. And I think Josh, Joel, and I, we're all thumbs up on this. Uh, yeah, overwhelmingly. Oh, yeah. I mean, we watch a lot of stuff where there's a series involved, and I'll watch enough to get familiar with the show, but I'm not always real keen to watch the rest of it. This one... I intentionally made sure I saw all of it because I wanted to see it, but I was going to do it in pieces. And in this case, I had to kind of binge watch it and it was worth it. Nice. (laughs) Totally worth it. All right. So thumbs up on the Voltron legendary defender. Wait, Joel. Yo, is is Voltron the wallpaper on your desktop? No. I don't have any wallpaper on my desktop. I find that it makes it hard to see my various things that I have to try. Because <laughs> I, do, I do all my shows and things on there, so I've got to be able to see where everything is. And it tends okay. to make it hard to see. It's like camouflage. So, no. But Okay, that throws up an interesting question. What's your desktop, Pat? <laughs> uh, well, is, yeah, what is my desktop right now? Yeah, Pat, what is it? Um, it is a picture. You know those um, the guys that do the stone balancing? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a picture of somebody of, uh, in a stream of like fifteen of those, like five or six of them stacked up on, at a time. Neat, nerd. Yeah. Josh, what about you? <laughs> Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah, pretty cool. Mine is the caffeinated owl chart. What? Who? The caffeinated owl chart. I don't know what that is. Is that? That's I don't either. I'll have to post it then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll post what mine is. In- Oh. Yeah, mine is just black. So what are we doing next week? Because we forgot Each to other. write it down, and I have absolutely no idea. We're doing Cameron Diaz. Movies. Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Three <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Cameron Diaz. We're watching her movies, which actually the then is going to be a little bit truncated than uh, normal. Uh, her career started in 1990 with The Mask. Well, and we're going, I think for her early career, there's a lot of quality at the beginning rather than quantity. So it should be an interesting show. Yeah. 
So and if you want to give us some input about Voltron or uh, tell us about your favorite Cameron Diaz movie, you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Right. And if you'd like to get in touch with us online, you can email us. That's at uh, 40go14 at gmail.com. You can also message us on Facebook. Just look for 40 Going On 14 Podcast. And uh, we're on Twitter at uh, at 40go14. That's still Transformers. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for Shia LaBeouf at any moment. Never I'll be up. the head. <laughs> that is the end of the show. <laughs> All right, guys. Looks like the show's over. Uh, Sven, we're all missing you. <laughs> oh. oh, nice. Like what you did there. Uh, yeah. It's called a callback. Yep. yep. All right. Good night, folks. Night. <laughs>